What's up, everybody? Hey there. Uh, this is Scrubland. <laughs> Coming at you from Richmond, Virginia. This is Chris Casby along with my co-hosts, Daniel Sale and Christopher Burroughs. Hello. We're Hi. all kind of dying, so you'll have to excuse yeah. us. <laughs> no, I'm good. I caught the black. I death. heard you coughing earlier. Yeah, but I'm good now. Oh, I coughed it all Just out of my system. I coughed cough. it all out of my system. Cough for five minutes. I'm done. <laughs> you guys can be sick. I'm finished being sick. I'm, I, I'm on the tail end of it. I was really bad this weekend. I feel a lot better today. I will. I willed it out of my system. I actually think getting drunk yesterday burned it out. <laughs> like I don't. I don't. I don't. Didn't think that worked. But <laughs> I think I just. D- Evaporated all moisture in my body. Totally believe by drinking, it. And then it's just like, oh, Cassie, I'm pretty sure you could, you would do pretty well in Mexico because, like, you don't drink any water in Mexico. <laughs> like, you only drink liquor the entire time you're there. So, like, you know, cowboy Sounds style. Good. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> what are we going to talk about today, guys? I don't know. There was a bunch of events in Tennessee. There's, there's something I won. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, and, then, uh, and then there's a new magic set coming out yep, later. New magic set, you know. And uh, we also we we took some uh, advice from our Facebook page again. We're going to talk about some event decks and teching them, changing them a bit. Yeah. All right. So I think the big news right now for our area is that we had a we a we, triple GPT weekend. Three GPTs in the weekend, and they're all like local. So yeah. everybody, so like everybody too. was able to go to them. Real local. And yeah. these are GPTs for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top prize is three buys at the at the standard Grand Prix. Right. It's going to happen in like four weeks. April like 9th and 10th. Yeah. So uh, Chris Burroughs took one down mm-hmm. playing, playing Valakut with yeah. main deck wall of tangle cords. Yeah. So uh, the week before, I basically uh, blew up with some blue-white-red. I was like, you know what? It's finally time to jump off the boat. Like, let's see what this blue-red deck does. I'll just play test it for an entire event. So I played it for game day. And uh, I was like, this was the worst time to jump ship ever. This deck rolls to Valakit. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought Valakit for the GPT, and it felt really good. Like, Wallet Tangle Cord does everything you want it to do against the Cogblade deck, too, which is just block shit that's sorted up. It's like a <laughs> removal spell. I mean, basically... It's just like, it shuts down one creature. And their most important creature. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was, uh, my old configuration was four Cobra, for Lightning Bolt. But I feel like the format is shifting towards Lightning Bolt. So, of course, I'm going to shift away. And uh, I ran three Wall of Tangle Cord, four Overgrown Battlement, one Lotus Cobra. Because in the mirror, I really want to, there's a lot of hands where I just want to Zenith into a Cobra. And that's actually what ended up happening for the final game of the day. Uh that being said there was like uh i played against one actual call blade deck like my, i had one bad matchup. our meta game was so wonky there were so there were a tremendous number of valakut and red decks in our in our room with very few call blade decks there was five five valakut decks that played there was 28 people though um there's also like a lot of jank running around like i also beat mono blue do nothing where I he saw, literally did uh, yeah. green genesis wave allies i played against knowledge what? pool <laughs> and i played against poison around and like just like some weird stuff that you know it was a lot of people were just there to have fun i guess yeah. and it was like they, they were doing the grand prix trial in place of their normal standard event so some people just showed up and didn't realize it was a grand prix trial yeah but like the, there were okay. there were definitely a lot of serious players there too 28 players is is not a small event by any means. It's five rounds. Although everyone it's five wishes it was 33. Rounds. And so that's the big thing that I didn't realize happens now is apparently if you get 32 or more players. If you get first, more than 32. First and second it's, place. It's 33. Yeah. First and second place get the buys. They award out yep. two two top prizes. Yep. Which they used to do for PTQs like way back in the day. Well, they still do them, but they're no. only in your European PTQs. Oh, okay. They're, I was going to say, I've never been to, I've been to some 10 round PTQs that didn't award right. a second of a second invitation. I know that. Which just seemed ludicrous. So hope I, I'm really glad to see they're going back That's to, ludicrous. back to attendance based prize support. That's mm. really cool. Uh, they also dropped the price of these things too, which yeah, is awesome. Which is awesome. Like it used to be mandatory for them to charge like 15 or 20 or something for these. Right. And uh, I guess got in for what was it five five? five. Yeah. They're now actually allowed to charge whatever they want. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So our area ran them for five because well, we're in Virginia and the event is in Texas, right? So a lot of people were you know 
uh, Casby, what? How do you how do you feel about the top eights here recently? Um, <laughs> I haven't seen a top eight play out yet, and I haven't heard of a top eight play out yet. Oh. <laughs> Would you like me to talk it's about been, top eight? I mean, it's been kind of a giant scoop fest to yeah, people, people that you know. Like, oh, and are you people... gonna go to Dallas? Uh, okay, I'll scoop. Well, in, like it's. <laughs> oh, it's... Do you have a better chance of top four? Yeah, all right, I'll scoop. I mean, right, it's thanks. it's customary for people to to sit down and say, like, especially at PTQs. Especially in the top eight, you definitely are going, right? Right. And that's that's a big deal. It generally involves a plane ticket to a foreign country and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you don't want to just let that go to waste. And uh, the the same mentality, even on small local levels, is what's happened around here. Is um, I, did any of those events play the finals? The, the, one of the three on the weekend played out a final. Yeah, it was Chatham versus Charles League. Yeah, Charles Chatham. Both wanted to go. Charles League, both going. And uh, that was a that was a, that was that was a really that was a mind break trap. That was a mind break trap moment. <laughs> Actually, it was described to me as a uh, after it happened, he activated Gideon and and Wrath in the second main. Um, he, he he then described it to me later, and he said uh, it was a lot like a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels moment. Uh, I was <laughs> the whole the the music was playing, my head was reeling, and I stumbled through it across the street. It was ridiculous uh, I, and i i feel for him i feel like uh oh this was league he did this This was charles league who did this and uh man like i also i i i've been in that situation i got i got mind break trapped at states <laughs> and i know what it feels like do you want to do you want to take a time out here and talk about the charles league invitational yes the the real charles what is this charles invitational number two he, he had some charles really league's long presents, moniker charles league's presents drafting with scrubland uh, the Ties File Draft Invitational. And so what we want to do is every Saturday in April, in- including a last chance qualifier the day before his uh, his actual birthday weekend, for his birthday he wants to have a Time Spiral Draft. He has been trolling our Facebook every week, and every time we say, hey, what do you want us to hear on the cast, he says Time Spiral Draft, which is hilarious, and he's gotten us a couple times. We started talking about Time Spiral Draft a couple times. So... It's his favorite format to draft ever. It's right in between two people's birthdays. It's it's great for the, for the community. It's just going to be a fun event. And uh, every Saturday at Time Capsule, uh, there's going to be uh, a draft that it's just a regular besieged scars draft. And uh, the top player gets to sit across from us. So it's going to be me, Sale, Casby, and Charles League on one side of the table, and. Well, like I mean, one team. I, is it team? I, yeah, I, I yeah we're team, team drafting. Yeah, okay. So we actually got to sit. Uh, sorry, we're on, um, we're on the other. we're on the A squad, and then we're gonna, taking all comers and right. in these LCQs, I guess. There's gonna be there's going I'm having special T-shirts made for the event. Yep. With a with a logo. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be uh, it basically it's gonna be open to all people who want to come. There's gonna be drinking and rejoicement. And oh fun. yeah, this is not going to take place at a store. This is a no, this, this is, is a home draft. In at at Charles League's house, uh we're going to basically draft and everyone who wants to watch is just going to come around. Although there is no talking in that room. What? What? There's no talking in that room. It's a real draft. Oh, we're get, are we getting serious? I mean, it's a real draft. I'm going to be I'm going to be real drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's a real draft. I'm going to say how many how many hours do I have to drink before we start this? <laughs> as many as <laughs> to you be like. comatose. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to be just destroyed for this. Do they make blindfolds for people's mouths? <laughs> <laughs> They're called muffles. Like a dog? Uh-huh. Yeah, nice. Muzzle, sorry. It's a, it'd be a gag for you. A muffle. Gags, I think that's yeah. like a like generic Something that smurf you broke yeah. recently yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i do oh. <laughs> i don't know you spun out on the highway i'm D- good at detail style yeah that was awesome i mean we you, all, you i didn't... was actually I, I, I was scared for your life for a millisecond because i was reading the thing well i spun out on the highway i was like oh crap but i'm okay everything's fine all right well thanks there you go Nice text message. Like, wait a. I'm like, dude, do you need a ride? Do you need me to come pick you up? Or you need like help? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. The cops said it was like, you know, just rain related. Yeah. Mine was snow related. Yeah. And the cop reduced the cop reduced me from reckless driving to improper driving. That's so. a, yeah. Well, he didn't charge me with anything. Nice. He was going to, and he was like, I'm gonna pull up your record, and if your record's fine, then I'm not gonna charge you. I'm just gonna give you a warning. I was like, whew. Nice. Lucky you. Yeah. I shut down the interstate for an hour, so. I kind of had to get a ticket. I thought the two feet of snow <laughs> shut down the interstate for an hour. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my car didn't. It help. was pretty fucking nuts though, because it was like it was like middle of like Thursday afternoon, like traffic. 
Yeah. And like I spin out and I'm like in the shoulder. Yeah. Like I hit the railing. I spun out, did a 180. I hit the shoulder or hit the railing. I'm in the shoulder facing traffic. And there's just like a whole shitload of traffic just coming at me. Yeah. And I'm like just staring at them like, oh, this is bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wow. But nobody hit me, so. That's know. good. <laughs> I can only imagine, like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Yeah. Facing traffic. It's a lot like when you draft, a, a like, a rift sweeper in Time Spiral Draft. <laughs> and, and your opponent's like, what the fuck's happening? I don't understand. <laughs> you like how I did that? You did that. Yeah. So, for real, come down to Time Capsule every Saturday and uh, play in these drafts and have a sweet-ass time of it because... It's going to be a really great event, and even if you don't make it in and don't, uh, you also going to pimp a little bit here. The uh, I also have these T-shirts for Scrubland. They're going to have the logo on the front. And oh, do we say, get them? Uh, it's a week from now. Oh, okay. I'm going to start selling them a week from now. Uh, they they you know they ha- they say welcome to Scrubland in three lines across the shoulder blades uh, in wide Latin on the back. It's a it's a it's a inverse of our actual logo for colors, the black shirt, white logo, and uh, these these are gonna go on sale pretty soon next week. Well, we'll have uh, all the details of that up on the fa- Facebook site. Sweet. Yep. Cool. Let's talk about other magic cards. Let's, Let's do that. Let's talk about magic cards. So uh, what happened this weekend? There was a Memphis uh, Star City uh, Open Series event. I guess so. Uh, a bunch who- of people wanted to go, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go out drinking and have this like party." And then we're all going to pile in the car and drive for like 12 hours to get right. there. Yeah, and guess, guess who didn't go? And we all, <laughs> we were all like, I don't think that's going to work, guys. And they're like, no, it's fine. We're just going to leave and like drive all night and then get there at like 930 in the morning. Like, I don't think no. that's a good idea, guys. Wor- <laughs> and idea so ever. they didn't end up making it. Obviously. Imagine that. Yep. Uh, however. So who won? The... No, I don't know. You didn't print out the first I place. I didn't print out the first place. It wasn't important enough. <laughs> I got the second place there, right? Something. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Valakit one, guys. Oh, it was Valakit, right? Valakit one. Well, that's where you were supposed to chime in. <laughs> it had uh, three Inferno Titans and uh, two Koth of the Hammers in his main deck. Yeah, it did. I remember. I shot my K the uh, the yeah. email. Koth like, is going to be good in Valakit. <laughs> Thanks, no, Mike. He's been he's been saying that for a while. He's uh, been that that forever. That, that guy's list is so weird. What? Like the the guy's Valakut list. Oh like yeah, he just had really weird was, card choices. Like, well, not that weird. Okay, so he's got Inferno Titan, which we all, all we kind of as a Valakut community, community decided was the nuts. It's the nuts right now. Okay, so I I've been saying it since before uh, whatever that tournament was. I uh, since before DC, I said three damage is the answer to the format, and four damage is breaking the metagame. I was saying that to people. And I don't, I can't, I can't believe I was saying that to people and did not play Inferno Titan. Like, what an <laughs> idiot I was. So, because fuck a bolt every turn. Who needs that? Right. It definitely, um, it definitely kills. No, but he was, uh, is this like a thing with Valakut that they're, they're not playing Cultivate anymore? Yeah. Because Cultivate's too slow now. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, did they all switch over to Harrow? Is that what happened? Yeah. It's not, it's not because Harrow's any faster, but because it combos with Lotus Cobra. And it's a good late game. Like it's like you can also do yeah. things like instant speed and pump my Avenger, and I uh, when you tap out to do something stupid on turn five, you're like, oh, I've got this Gideon, and I I'm, I don't feel like representing Counterspell mana. You're like, Gideon, gotcha. <laughs> Gideon dies, two Valka triggers. Boop. So, but yeah, um, Jerry T um, ran uh, Darkwing Duck variant. It's um, the blue, the white, Esper, black, the Esper Cobb version. Blade. Um, I thought, I think it's really cool because he was like, he kind of set, he's helping set the metagame with all these, these, you know, he's uh, doing open the, series that he's crushing. He's doing the classic, the classic pro move of, of staying one step ahead of play, play a really good deck, make sure it's, make, make it popular. The next week, take the deck that you just played, make it a little bit different and beat, beat the all the, de- beat all the decks <laughs> that you were playing, beat the yep. deck you were playing last week and then do it again the next week. So he's just one step ahead every single time. Yeah. Right. And that's what Jerry T is actually good at. Actually, when he I, wasn't the only person of the of the top eight to make this with this list either. Right, there, there were I believe three in the top sixteen. Right, I mean he doesn't he doesn't actually like he has, he's not one of those who hides his his bruise. So what this deck is doing differently, I guess, is that it's playing two black green swords and no sort of body in mind, which is sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it got rid of the red spells 
entirely and said it's just using the black to go with two doom blades to go for the throat a duress four inquisition of kozlik so five duress effects and then he gets the power of creeping tar pit right and then he, which he, is probably just the best man lane. yeah and then he's also got memory side out of the board too which is a card you haven't seen played much recently right it's because it's one of those cards that a lot of pros just they and just in general just magic players it's like it's a card that doesn't give you any immediate value right um which is awful for something that costs four. But it feels so good. No, it doesn't. And, some, and sometimes it can legitimately shut people out of games. We have already well, had this conversation. I know we've had this conversation. There's, there's, there's some, like, sometimes you can card. just take out the threat that you can't deal with, so you feel good when you do that. Like, oh, I can't deal with this yeah. card, so let me just take it out of your deck. I will say But that on, being said, most, no, most okay. decks now just aren't on, like, one straightforward game line. They have more than one way to win. Right. They're either playing Jace or they're playing Primeval Titan, so or Squadron Hawk and, and mixes of there. How about this? The decks that are are on one game plan are killing you turn four. So I mean, I'll, I'll say that for the GP trial that Chris Burrows won, I was playing Blue Green Genesis Wave in that event. In this, in one game, I got Memorized for Frost Titans, Memorized for Primeval Titans, and, and still, won. still ended up winning with Jace Mind Sculptor. Like, it, <laughs> yep. and I was like, I I felt kind of bad. I was like. I don't have any other win conditions other than this, but like I'm still gonna end up getting you. Uh, you had one Avenger, right? Yeah, I accidentally boarded it out. Ooh, nice. uh, as a, I don't know, the guy's playing a weird white blacklist. Anyhow, um, I like, I like where this deck is at, but I feel like it's just the same deck that we've been seeing for the last couple. Well, of weeks. here's here's something interesting. Um, it's something I, I wanted to address last week. It's just like how interesting. Like, it, it, there's simple cards that have been around for a while that everyone's kind of tossing in and out of their metagame. And their their deck, you know, card choices. And oh, you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, no. It's the thing is, uh, the reason that it was, I, I, I don't think it was scripted the way that you're saying. It. Like, okay, obviously, that's what happened in a very broad sense. But what's really cool is that uh, potentially you could, if you think about it, uh, the blue white red deck beats the blue white deck, and that's because of Cunning Spark Mage and. Uh, just just being a lot more an aggro version of your fish deck. Right. And uh, what's really funny is how good Inquisition is that he actually played one Duress main as well because they just, like, search up my, my Stoneforge Mystic. Or, sorry, search up my sword, my Stoneforge Mystic, and you're like, ha-ha. <laughs> I'll untap and take it. Yeah. <laughs> Which still, it doesn't, it's weird because it still doesn't feel good because they still got advantage on you. Um, but that being said, it, it puts a big ding in their game plan. Um, so they, they, you're off, they're off. They, they still got value on you because you're one for wanting the card that they got for free. Right. But they also just have a shitty one, two creature on the board. So, right. so do you guys feel like, uh, we've hit that point in, in standard where we're not going to see any new decks that are really going to take the meta by storm at this, I don't at this point so we're, at we're in like a, we're in a, an era of standard where it's all tweaks on old decks and, and they jockey for position, but nothing like brand new comes well, out and, and wrecks. That's how, that's how formats evolve is you get, there's like a, I've been, this is something that I like to tell people who are understanding metagames is the, the format explodes in, until it hits this glass ceiling where a lot of people have either decided or given up on innovation and then you just get inbred decks, and inbred decks get make a really complex, weird metagame, and then a new format comes out, and there's another glass ceiling. The new set comes out, and it, it makes everything weird. Well, again. that being said, like, Cogo came out a, a, a good deal, a good amount of time after all those cards were available. You're right. Like, um, Kibler, I guess, and some Japanese friends of his, you know, uh, just decided that, oh, the Squadron Hawk... It's just card advantage. Like, who cares if there's just a shitty 1-1 one, one creature with flying? Because there's a lot of them. Like, right. Um, and so he made Kago. And, and it's not like a new set came out that made that deck, Happen. like, viable. Yeah. Right. All those cards were available, like, right. four months prior to it breaking loose. And it's just, you know, him just dual, tooling around with, you know, weird card choices, came up with this. Yeah. And, you know, same thing with, you know, adding Squadron Hawks. Like, nothing, you know, the, the sword, the black and green sword... Was like the the nuts for this deck, and yeah, I, I don't think this deck works. Like because we were talking about it tonight at dinner, like someone yeah. was like, "Oh, we've had the green blue sword for a while, but no one's just done this." And yeah. you're like, "Well, well it the green wasn't blue sword isn't as good." As good. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, obviously, that's why JRT just dropped it and played two of the good swords. Two of the good sword, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, he also doesn't want to get blown out by Vengevines when because Green Red Quest actually exists and people st do still play it because they're kind of behind other tech. 
Well, Green White, Green White, Vengevine is I mean, still. I mean, I played it at that event right. with horrible results, but well, I'm not saying that it was behind that week. Now it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, because people are playing Conic Spark Mages. It's true. Uh, so I want to talk about Bobby Oleski's fourth place deck, which sure. is which is red, green, blue. Uh, from a while ago, it looks very, very old school in in its construction. Uh, speaking of, speaking of old tech, yeah, it's playing two two precursor golem, two avenger Zendikar, which uh, is and three and three inferno, three inferno yeah, titan. It can't be that old, but yeah. it's not got the primeval titan, which uh, the old decks used to have. It's you know just I guess not relevant anymore. Well, I think um, it like it's not using that extra mana to do anything really super awesome. So it just replaced them with inferno, inferno titan. Like the old deck used to have time warp and stuff in it, right? So I don't think it ever had Primeval Titan. Am I no really? Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm just wrong. Um You're thinking Turbo Land. Yeah, I'm thinking Turbo Land. Whatever. Uh Red Green Blue is a deck that I've wanted to play. Uh, I've I've thought was like, oh, this might actually be good again. Uh let's talk about Precursor Golem. Because Casby keeps trying to it was like pushing this card on me for like three weeks, and I'm like, I don't really understand how it could be good. Like well, how what what's going on with this card? Um, the only decks that are playing Bolt right now, like even a lot of the the red decks, like I guess the the slower mid game one, uh, not the mid game, but the the slower like non Kadatha red one, they're running bolts. But right. as far as like decks that are running bolts, it's rug. Like it's it's the <laughs> that's about it. But you know? okay, so I feel like the format is shifting more towards bolts with the with the inclusion of the blue white red ha- or right. cargo deck. But that being said. Uh, you have to be a step ahead of the metagame, and this guy's, like, next-leveling everyone on top of that. Because Jerry T's like, oh, we're just going to beat the deck that has the lightning bolts in it. And he's like, we're going to ignore the lightning bolts because people are going to try and beat that deck with the lightning bolts. I'm not going to see it all day. I mean, that being said, Precursor Golem is a lot of power for not a lot of mana. Things good. And this, you know, this deck also has double Garrick Wildspeaker in it, so you can actually just overrun and win the game out of nowhere. Yeah. That slower version cool. of uh, Mono Red that you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a huge... There's a lot of people in our area who talk about it and play it and whatever. I'm a huge fan of Precursor Golem in that deck because you people are busy burning out all your early creatures and they're like, whoops. In which deck? Mono, slow, slower Mono Red, non-Kadoltha Mono Red. One playing like Ember Hollers and, you know... It wouldn't, even and... Be, it wouldn't even be awful in Boros. Like... It's just the same concept. They just just top out their curve at five instead of three or four where they're at now. Because they kill all your early stuff, and you're like, "Whoops, got this precursor going." So I don't understand why it's that good in rug. If you if you look at it, it's that good in rug because it comes down on turn three. They want so like that's a huge like it costs it costs five mana. So it's. It's just like it's, it's their, like make them have it. It's their analog to Baneslayer yeah. Angel. You know, people like sometimes are like Cobra and Angel, yeah. and it's pretty good. Yeah, it, this is doing the same thing except it's not in Baneslayer colors. So I've done that before. No, I haven't. <laughs> this deck also has uh, Kazul, the Tyrant of the Cliffs, who I I, I really I really so liked uh... and I really liked initially. I thought that he was going to have a better place in the metagame than than I guess he did. Who's and, blocking him? Uh, Nobody. Yeah, what, I, I want to know why. Well, no, who's he, blocking him? He's got a... I'm sorry? Doesn't it, doesn't it, isn't that the guy that... Uh, no, no that's the guy that makes a 3-3 three, three creature every time your opponent attacks and doesn't pay three mana. He's a propaganda. Oh, that... Oh. He's a propaganda. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's got... He's like, he's a reasonable body and everything. He's, he's just, a 5-4 creature for five, so it comes down on turn three. Right. And basically, just it slows down Boros and it slows down... Right. Any, any turn sideways deck. Right. Unfortunately, so, the... Sweet. The propaganda effect is like it. It hasn't broken through, like it, as like a main deckable type type spell. I will say that there was, but there's been a small rush of uh, gladiator cyclops on Moto. Really? Uh, yeah, because he kills anything that's equipped with a sword. Yeah, that makes it. sense. And that's somehow somewhat good. Sounds good. I played uh, it's the kind of tech that's good for like three days on Moto, and then. <laughs> Ends up being not good again, but you know, uh, you wanna you wanna move on. You wanna talk? Oh, hang on, I got I got one more deck. It's this uh, sweet Eldrazi ramp deck that was in ninth place. Uh, uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit. We haven't like, we haven't seen this happen in a long time. Well, but... basically, uh, like what, what I was saying is like it, it was about two months ago, and Chapin was just talking about like uh, it was on a, a Star City article, and he was just like um, sometimes 
people make all these decks, but they're just worse versions of a good deck. Right. It's like people are playing Merfolk and Extended. Why? It's just a worse version of Fairies. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. people are playing Mono Green, Eldrazi Ramp, and Standard. Why? It's, it's a just worse a worse version, version of Valakut. Like when they're 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 just decks that have very similar game plans, and there's obviously just one that does it so much better. That it's just like, well, just put your efforts into tweaking this version, right? And make it good. Right. Don't play this garbage one. Like, um, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who play mono green who are you know biting their tongues and yelling at no, us right now. No, I mean, just... well, it, not to mention Valakut itself just smashes it. Like, uh, it's just that. Okay, Eldrazi making ninth place. I don't know if it's a really good, great player or if it, the metagame... I can only imagine just, that someone just wasn't expecting it. Right. Like, uh, it still plays a lot of the same linears. Like, it plays Summoning Traps. I guess Summoning Trap was kind of the tech there. Uh, <coughs> but then I'd rather just be playing a uh, Valakid deck that is playing Summoning Trap main. Which is what the... Uh, the whole purpose of playing Inferno Titan is is because you just bring it back to my states deck. You're just like, oh, I'm gonna make it Titan Ramp, like like the Star City Games wanted to call it. Well, this dude's got such a weird build. It's playing Birds of Paradise. Like I've never seen Birds of Paradise in an Eldrazi Ramp deck. Well, Birds like, of Paradise is a lot better than Jiraga Tree Speaker that they used to be running. Because it's yeah, now you can turn to a, a Cultivate with Birds. Right. Um, I will say that he's got a lot of weird numbers in the deck. Like it's three Cultivate, three Explore, three Zeniths. Two summoning traps, like um, it, it's definitely a, a, a creature acceleration. Uh, I, I guess is where he wants his consistency because there's a lot of right. four ofs in the overgrown battlement and uh, well, you uh, you're, you're playing four or none at overgrown battlements. You right. can't play less than that. But. So um, I don't know. It, look, it 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 looks just like you know a, a cookie cutter Eldrazi ramp deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a decent spot in the meta game oh, well, again. Okay, you can't say cookie cutter. Guys burning all its dust main. It's it's I mean, I, 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 I like the it. last couple of versions I've seen is playing all its dust main. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's if I've just seen weird versions or what, but I yes. I think all its dust main uh like okay, with the, I stopped paying attention to Eldrazi Green, green Bills because I they also disappeared for a long time. I think that what I think yeah. what we're seeing right here is a classic case of this guy is the kind. It's it's the kind of deck where it's fallen off a lot. People don't respect it a lot, and so people kind of forget how to play against it or know what's in it. But it's also, I I bet you uh, dollars to cents that this guy has played this deck for a long time, right? Knows how to play it, and instead of trying to audible into something that's uh, de facto the best deck, he said, "I know how to play this, and I know what's what to do. So I'm going to play what I know." And get extra percentage points against people because I'm not going to make any mistakes playing it. Right. Right. I, th- and there, there's a lot to be said for that. I I was having a conversation with Chris in the car. Uh, I audibled to uh, Valakut on the second day for trials um, after Chris won. Right. And played the deck decently, but I definitely made a lot of mistakes. Right. And uh, I'm just the king of audibling into different decks. I pretty much will roll up to a tournament. And you'll have no idea what I'm playing because right. I have the I have the collection to just change decks overnight, be something completely different without Which a whole lot of effort. Which is bad for you. You should just and be playing the same deck and getting better with it, especially with your record in, in constructed. And that's just a that's good advice for anyone in the in Magic. You like every okay, like uh, there's this story that keeps happening at Pro Tours and high level events, and it's people playtesting with Channel Fireball. And uh, you keep reading these tournament reports, and there's a lot. There's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I just wanted to audible this mono red deck. It was just beating everything." And usually it's LSV that, that's kind of that in the story steps in and is like, "Are you retarded? First off, mono red, really. Second off, audibling, really." And everyone's yep. like, "Okay." And you, it, it's frustrating sometimes to to know that there might be a deck that is technically the best deck for the weekend, and you're just gonna jump. Like you really, really want to jump on board with it, right? I I consistently have this problem, and it's somewhat the danger of cool things. But it's also I feel like I, I get myself into a mental state where I say, no, I'm good enough at Magic cards that I'll know how to play any deck. I'll know how to play any deck regardless <laughs> regardless of of what's going on with it. And then you uh, swing with your Primeval Titan and get a Valakut in the Mountain for three triggers and put him at one instead of two mountains to kill him. Yeah. So 
yep, I got three triggers instead of four and just gave my opponent an extra turn. It ended up not mattering, and I won the game. Well, he, but he had it was it was just completely embarrassing. He had like what twelve outs that he could top deck and just win. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I was playing loose. I made a lot of mistakes, and I deserve like I deserve the losses I got because I wasn't completely familiar with how to how to play the deck, and you know, I felt the same way about playing blue green wave. I had played the deck of a very small amount before the event started. And there were some times where I just didn't know what to do. I, I was like, from, from turn one, I said this, I have two different lines of play yeah. and my turn one and turn two play is going to establish if I'll win or lose the game. And even after I know what my opponent's playing, it's not even like it's guesswork. Yeah. And I always like that part where you play testing a deck for a while and you're like, wow, this is a weird hand. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen one of those out of Valakut in three months. <laughs> so. You've also been playing Valakut for twelve months, sixteen months. I've been I mean, playing Valakut since the night before states. Yeah, so that was October. So six months. Is it? It's only been six months, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I audibled. And I'm the kind of player, it's like, I can play anything, so I second play states. Oh. Okay, well, I'll just defer, I'll just defer to your judgment then. <laughs> no, actually, no. What happened was I, I, I have a couple people that I go to for, and I really trust on information. And uh, my friend was like, hey, there's this really awesome deck on Magic League. And because, you know what? I really like Magic League. As much as I hate Magic Workstation, I like Magic League. And he was he showed me the deck, and, and he was like, this is why it's good. This is why you should play it. And these are two basic rules. Never keep a, land, a hand without a green source and seven cards. And uh, never get more than two green sources because you want a lot of mountains. Blah, blah, blah. And Super specific stuff. You, you <laughs> defer to people that were better than you to know how to play a deck. Yeah, and I mean, that's... That's how you what, do it. Just what pros do. do. So speaking of, <laughs> speaking of calling it audible, I want to talk about these these event decks because <laughs> they are so close to being playable. Well, and and they definitely are full of cards. Well, one of them is playable. Kadolta Red. Well, they're full of cards that that you want at least. Like it's in similar ways to like the deck builders toolkit where you're you you buy it and you're like yeah I got like all these bolts and all these doom blades and all this stuff so like they are really are handing you a tournament playable deck, but well one of them it's yeah I don't what, what, I don't even think the blue black poison deck is it's got corrupted conscious in it I don't think it's entirely unplayable I think that it's definitely not as good as the other one so it's going to pale in comparison but since when has mind control been main deckable. It's, it's not unplayable. I mean, it's always been a sideboard card. At I best. guess. I guess there's something to be said for if mind control said, gain control of target creature, give a double strike. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I mean, that's kind of that, what, what this does. Yeah, so. this one gives it wither. Uh, so let's take them one at a time. I guess let's talk about the blue black one first because I just I, I I feel like it just doesn't get enough respect. Mm, and there, I mean, there's good wither. reasons to not play it. Well, basically, um. The deck that I built and clear piloted at the Grand Prix trial. Yeah. Oh no! And yeah. he had a great time with it. Uh, he got ninth place, which I think was probably skewed because there was, you know, he played against some fun decks. Like, like Chris said, some some fun players showed up. Yeah. But um, like, where's the where's the blue black one? Is it on here? Oh, it's right here. Um, it it actually looked more, remarkably like this one. It played with like all the two drop uh infect creatures. Right. And um. Tesseract to make him five vibes. Basically what it was, was I built a deck that was mono black, just all two drops and three drops, artifact creatures, and I was just playing around with it at D-Sales house and goofing right. off and whatever. And so he basically just does a binder pull from his binder and he just pulls out all his Tesserats and throws them in there. Yeah. And, you know, like throws in some Phyrexian Crusaders. Um, and which basically is this deck. Yeah. Um... To to a lesser, it, it it didn't have the control elements as much. It just played with Tezzerets, but it, I don't know. He he said well, he liked it a lot. Like he had a lot of fun with it. I'm like, sure it played with Tezzerets over. Uh, let me see. Phyrexian Vat Mothers. How about these <laughs> deprives or smothers? So or Phyrex uh, he was Phyrexian. playing two Doom Blades. Uh, apparently, one of the MVPs of the deck, which I thought was great, was Thronageth. 
Yeah. Which was in my first, which was in my original, but it's got like, you know, 20 artifacts in the deck. So it's just like your initial onslaught of just getting in a few poison decounters in on them. You just finish it off with Throne of Geth. Yeah. And it's really good against the control deck. Can I just say, uh, lest anyone think that this is something they should do, we've we've unleashed some monsters before. The, you're, you're on, like, <laughs> Mnemonic Wall Silence and things like that. Yeah. Like, we've unleashed some monsters before. So this deck does not come highly recommended by the Scrubland podcast. It's true. Guys. The, um, uh, we will say that he, he got ninth place at this 28-man person event on then Saturday. Three, day two. Uh, on Sunday, he went to go play a GPT trial and got, got went 0-3. 03. <laughs> yeah, although he still wasn't the lowest-ranked player in the room. <laughs> Anyhow, uh... I I like poison. It's just not constructed playable. Like I I think oh, that, I, I disagree. Like there's there's I think there's just a deck that it was in the gauntlet of Chapin and crew for Paris. Okay, none like, of them played it. You're right. So I like it, I think it's the kind of thing that you want to test against. And you want to know it probably exists. And you want to know how the mechanics work. Right. But like maybe in the third set they'll give you something. But without a one drop, that's like efficient and consistent it what, what are you gonna do like the deck doesn't have well, enough they, horsepower to win the the way that they solved it was their one drop was inquisition of kozilek yeah to strip their hand of removal to make sure that their thing stuck yep and Which it sounded like a good answer i mean it's it's okay it's not great you're right <laughs> uh, There's a reason that it's not crushing. Let's move on to the other deck called into the breach uh into the breach which is a magic card love that card it is. I played that combo. Is it? Yeah. Whole breach? No, it's into the no, breach. Into the, breach. Foot, into the breach. Footsteps of the Goro, uh, Revelark, and uh, Protean Hulk. Are those legacy and, cards? Uh, they were extended at the time. <laughs> okay. Protean Hulk is that next. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, into the breach is just Kadatha Red, with uh, some awkward card choices because because it, they, they don't want to give you four Goblin guys. They needed some filler, but people people keep asking us like. How am I supposed to make this deck better? Well, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, you just put four Goblin Reds instead. <laughs> I mean, you like if you really can't figure out how to make this deck better, then you you need some some I don't know magic lessons or something. <laughs> I like this deck in the abstract, but it's it feels like the kind of deck that you really just hate playing against all the time. And now is it just perpetually like keeping this deck around? In the metagame, more well, people, cool. more people will play it now. That's, I mean, that's a little there's, frustrating. There's, it's always there's always going to be like a red deck wins, sure, in, in the but, format, and it's it, red deck wins will always, regardless of whether or not there's different builds that are more or less consistent than others. Uh, red deck wins is always the inconsistent deck. You know, it's the one that like it's the aggro deck that has a gamble to it right. because you, in and of itself, you're just playing burn and creatures, and you're always just going to have a weird mix of the cards yep. that you draw. You don't get to masturbate your deck at all. What fun is that? I mean, that, that being like, said... I can't I, play Jason this deck? Boo. Boo. This deck has uh, shown up... Both of them have shown up in the Moto Casual Room a lot. They're selling them on, on Magic Online. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, like I can get a real deck and go play and have fun, and it's a ton of fun, but... This is the kind of deck that can be oppressive in a casual room, in a casual environment. Yeah. It's kind of it's one of the reasons why they haven't ever really sold decks like this before. Like they've always had the ability to. They right. know, they know what the best decks are. Right. But uh, the like the casual players want to play their fun stuff, and when they give them a deck that's tournament viable in quotes, um, sometimes the the fun decks are designed to be fun. Right. And this is treading a very fine line between being fun and not. I've I've definitely lost on turn three to the end of the breach deck. For that that game day that I that Will Haas played your blue red counter burn at for the win. Uh, he uh, some guy went in had no deck bought this deck and top aided. So I mean, like it's, it's not so, bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, and and there there are ways to make it better. And we're gonna let you figure out how to do that on your own because it's it's just like every other theme deck that you ever buy. Yeah, is is I mean that being go said, buy some boosters, look at the best red cards that you have, and try to slot those in. You're not gonna mess it up. Right. It's <laughs> I mean it's gonna be pretty difficult to mess up the deck. Do like turn the dials yourself. That's why it's a customizable card game, right? Yeah. That being said, probably should have all four goblin. Guides. I mean, probably all four goblin guys would be a good place to start. Yeah, uh, I will say that I'm kind of disappointed in Wizards in the sense that they give you seven rares in each deck. Um, that being said, each of them has a number of slots that are lands. 
Yeah. As the rares. Yep. Which didn't feel very good. Like nope. I thought that was kind of Contested Warzone. M11 Man. also had, or M10 had a ton of new, it was over 50% new cards too. But you saw how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're advertising gimmicks. And I mean, I can't fault them so much for that. Yeah. yeah still. Oh, boo-hoo. You talk about Innistrad? Uh, okay, so Innistrad is the next block Shake, that they announced will be uh, will come out after. This is the next block to come out after Mirrodin block. Yep. Or the scar in the fall. In the in the fall. Yeah. So this is going to be October release. Yep. So um, I don't know. The only thing that I've seen is this picture in front of me with this sexy vampire looking bitch. Okay, she's um, she's sitting on a throne with some serpents on it. There's a dead guy behind her. There's a giant gothic window in the background with a full moon full in moon. it. And the entire set looks uh like a horror movie gone wrong. Yeah. And or I'm really, very, very actually, right. Is it doesn't it say horror lurks within? Yeah. Horror lurks within. Is, is there... So they're going for like this weird kind of like jihad like Jihad, where are you going with this one? Uh, no, the Jihad that old, was a... that old card game, like Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's not not anything racial. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, you went, you went real old. You went duelist on us there. Yeah, yeah. Jihad was. Uh, they they changed the name later to Vampire the Masquerade. I'm guessing probably because implications of yeah. religion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, it was just a vampire cult. Like it was actually just different clans of vampires that warred with one another. Very cool. Instead of colors, it was like clans. Um, I didn't play it. Um, just because the kids I who heard played that it game were was weird. actually pretty good. I I'm sure it was. It was. It was, it was, Jihad, it was, it was made by Wizards of the Coast. It was initially. part of its initial Deckmaster uh, thing of of one of the other games. Uh, I'm excited. Magic hasn't gone to a real like Sleepy Hollow type infused universe before. Like uh, Shadowmoor was close, but it had a lot of mythical creatures in it, and I'm assuming that this one will have a lot of mythical creatures in it too. But uh, we're guessing, I mean, we're guessing without, werewolves. I mean, Starland is guessing werewolves. Without going too far into the speculation, because I mean, I I'm infamous for hating hating rumor yes, mill and yes. type things. I mean, I mean, definitely. Just I think all three of us can can say that same shit. It's like what what else do you want us to say? The expansion symbol looks cool. Ah, agreed. I thought that was Casby's line though. Uh, he's got little faces drawn on it too. They Sick. look like little hydras. It looks like a little hydra. It's little a, feet. It's adorable. It oh, I, I have to mention this. The the one reason I actually put this on here, uh, so, so we can talk about Innistrad, was that lead designers of Innistrad are Mark Rosewater and Richard Garfield. And ah. Richard Garfield hasn't worked on a set since right, Ra- since Ravnica. Yeah, and before that, I think it was Invasion. Yeah. So and, both of those sets were really good. Well, <laughs> just saying, Ravnica it was one of the most highly regarded sets in all of magic's history people really really liked just the world the flavor and plus it was a really fun block to play it had a lot of really cool mechanics going on within it so when richard's on your design team it's It's pretty probably going to be a pretty good set so i'm excited to see what we see in the ball nice that sounds cool um so there's also uh rumors of what the planeswalkers are going to be in m12 not rumors it got confirmed gideon's replacing a johnny goldman oh and Soren is uh, Lauren's uh, yeah uh, Liliana Vess isn't there anymore. Soren's in. Well, also, um, the, since there's these these switches going on with those two, there's discussion of the new Sandra if she's going to replace the old Sandra. Surely, hope new not. Jace is going to replace the old Jace. I really hope so. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. I really can't imagine them letting Jace the Mind Sculptor be reprinted just uh, because he's he's been such an oppressive. Like maybe maybe it's a good thing because it'll drop the price of them, no, but okay. like no, no, no. that card's so good. Like it's, so many people, like he. Think about standards right now. It doesn't have to be that good right now. It used to be so Jace centric when right. it was just Jace, because like you said, Zendikar's card quality was really low, and then we they Warwick hit us, and we were like, "Holy crap, Jace!" And now we've got like such good card quality and such good synergetic strong decks that Jace is not. Warping the format like you used to. It you don't still warps to, the format. What are you talking you about? You don't have to play Baby Jace to beat Jace. He's just a really strong support yeah, card. Yeah, but I don't have the stats on it, but I'm sure that like there's not a top eight that goes by without upwards of 20 copies of the card in the top eight. 
I mean, every deck is playing it. Still. Okay, it's like it's, the strongest support card of all time. It's a 100% it metagame warping card. Right, okay. Right. It invalidates the entire mechanics. I mean, it's not really a support card, because support cards don't cost $100. Uh. It's a set, <laughs> the card is a centerpiece flagship, and well, it can't be called anything other than that. The only benefit you have by reprinting it in a core set is the fact that it reduces the price so that some more people can get them. Which that, I think is fine. I mean, that's the that, reason okay. that they do it. I just felt like he was so good. That's fine. The yeah. problem with that is that if you do that, you end up with this super oppressive force for a f- whole other year. Right. Which it, is it why extends I think the lifespan of it, and yeah. that's bad for. Magic. But I do understand I, what Chris is saying because they're making cards like if they continue to make cards like Hero of Oxid Ridge and things that just like you know like we it was, it was maybe like Jace just took over for a while because there was a time when we didn't have Blood Braid. And we didn't have Hero of Oxid Ridge. But Hero of Oxid Ridge is a really good answer to Jace. In what way? Uh, he's a four-drop haste with a huge power that has that says, you can't chump block me. You good can't it. just throw trash in front of the way to, to keep me from killing your Jace. Um, yeah, fair and, enough. And Blood Raid had a similar synergy in the sense that he was a, a very powerful creature that came down with haste. And he also brought along with it something else. You know, like another creature or a bolt or something else to that effect. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's haste creatures are the things that deal with Jace's, like Vengevine to a lesser extent, um, just because he's got some awkward uh, recursion that people try to build around a lot. But Vengevine is was always a decent answer to Jace too. I awkward wouldn't be... or awesome. All right, I wouldn't... Uh, awesome, <laughs> but they make uh, awkward card choices sometimes right, because they try to force the synergy. I wouldn't be opposed to a third version of Jace coming out in the next set. A, I don't a, think that's a completely new version that doesn't that that is just doing something else. I think the first Jace, the three mana one, is it has, has always been good enough, but it would be nice to see some some fresh stuff happen to the card and see a new answer to Jason Mind Sculptor for older formats. Uh, I mean, I know that's a lot to ask, yeah. but that is something they could potentially do. Um, who knows? I want to see a new Gideon. I am I am really what? surprised. Uh, uh, I'm really surprised that they brought Gideon in because he doesn't. I'm not. Card's not unbeatable. It's just really strong. No, 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 no. He and that aside, like the the, I don't want to call them evergreen planeswalkers, but the ones that have been in the that's what they were. The, they were yeah. evergreen planeswalkers. Yeah. They they were in M N ten and M eleven. They they felt like their color, that their their abilities matched the colors very well. That's what the planeswalkers were supposed to do originally. But right. now that we're comfortable with planeswalkers, they're allowed to branch out. Oh, is that what's going on? That's yeah. got to be it. Okay. Because I mean, Gideon, although he's he's he is he, his he is white in his flavor, like just it, it, he seems less good because he doesn't like the the planeswalkers in the course that seem like they should have like this like do this the subtle effect to pump him, do this slightly more powerful effect to give him to weaken him, and then have his ultimate be ridiculous. That being said, I want to see and the first. Gideon doesn't have an ultimate. <laughs> uh. Gideon kinda, doesn't have like a boom effect like all the other. You're right. He doesn't have. have a boom. You're right. Um, he is kind of out of his element. Right. Well, he just he doesn't seem like his flavor fits with like the core set flavor that we've right. had, that we've had the last couple of sets, and that, that's fine. I mean, Gideon's great, and he he is white in flavor. Uh, he just doesn't seem to fit like the flavor of like I said what Planeswalkers had been. Now I will say, but, Soren Markov totally in flavor. I love and, Soren Markov and really really cool. And going to Innistrad. He'll be perfect. He'll be right at home. Like if if there was a second card as like preview art for the new set, it's got to be Soren Markov. Right. He looks exactly like the kind of guy who wants to go visit Innistrad, right? And and be like the man. <laughs> so do we know any storyline between behind nope. Innistrad? Have they spoiled any kind of like Nothing. backstory? Or we anything? have we have exactly what you see in front of you: an horror expansion symbol within. and the horror that is Innistrad. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think it would be very fun flavor wise. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that Johnny Depp is in it, it like Sleepy <laughs> Hollow style. Nice, Christopher Walken is the head of the Swordsman. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I I want to see all of that in the red. Scooch closer. <laughs> yep. Uh, Fast I've, enough for you, old man. Do you think there will be a race? <laughs> is there going to be a race of people with pumpkin heads? You guys heads? have seen the uh, the SNL bit with uh, Kevin Spacey playing as Christopher Walken auditioning for Han Solo. That that's what that bit is. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go look it up it's on really YouTube. Good. It's really funny. Yep. And Grizzly Adams had a beard, so. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Love you, Jay. Love you, JJ. Uh, what else you got to talk about? I mean, well, basically, uh, 
a lot of people have been asking us to talk about legacy. Yeah. And I have no problem saying this. I don't know if D-Sale and Burroughs have just been hiding it. I don't know shit about legacy. I don't think I'm ever going to be playing legacy anytime soon because I don't have dual lands. So, and I don't have a lot of friends who have dual lands. So I'm probably not going to be playing legacy anytime soon. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't know what D-Sale and Burroughs is the whole thing on it is. I, I, I really just don't feel comfortable talking about it. And based, listen, I listen to every podcast that we make. And I don't think that they really know what the fuck they're talking about either. <laughs> that's the thing is, I've kind of shut my mouth a lot of times when we're talking about Legacy because I've just, I don't know enough to even say much about it. Uh, but that is something that I've wanted to do for a long time is jump in. And that's something that I'm planning to do in the coming weeks. So I won't say that Scrubland is out of Legacy permanently, but for now, I think we're going to abstain. <laughs> I would love to talk about Legacy, but I agree i don't know enough about it there's there's too many things going on the, there's too many cards too many interactions and i don't get to go to events and play it enough to yeah. right so like i have a, a passing interest in the format it so. used to be uh, it used to be something that we i could actually even kind of speak on a little bit because it wasn't a very fast changing format or or and there used to be a lot of like weird stuff going on but it was all like the same weird every week and now this, like, the format is, like, nine different decks. And I can't tell you what the tweaks are on any of those decks. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you what's good in any of those decks. Um, I can tell you I saw some cool shit when I was watching some replays, but that's about it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there's uh, one of our fans, Gabe, uh, wrote us a letter saying that he did this little bit on TJ Collectibles talking about Legacy and stuff. And it was just like, cool, man, we'll check it out because I don't know anything about Legacy. <laughs> so I guess if I ever do decide that I want to play Legacy, that's what I need to check out. Yeah. Um, Scotty, Scotty wanted Mac us wants to talk to about... Yes. Talk, let's talk about uh, the TCG Player event that's in Toronto next week. Uh, and I actually want to say, TCG Player's got some really cool stuff going on up there. Uh, they have these... Uh, um, grinders and you get to win one by it's either standard or draft I would definitely, I'd be really interested in doing yeah. a draft yeah, it'd be awesome you just have to 3 a draft and you just get a buy that, and yeah like that's, that seems nuts Casby Town yeah yeah because I can't, I can't do anything very well, but I can, I can accidentally win a, win a draft. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 really awesome thing, which seems like across the board, like all the the TCG player events are part of Wizard World Comic Cons. So like, there's this huge Magic tournament that's attached to this a giant convention, other nerd convention, which is just awesome. Very because cool. like. Me and Bros were talking to a couple friends of ours. We're like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about going to Philly. Yeah. And I'm a huge Dexter fan. Oh, yeah. And Julie Benz is going to be at the Philly one. And I was, you know, we're just talking, I was talking to Burroughs in mixed company about this. And like, you know, one of the girls we were with, like, perked up. She's oh like, Julie Benz? Julie Benz? Uh, and then they're like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I had never watched before. Apparently yeah. she's on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah. So they were shitting their face off about that. And so, but, uh, cool. I mean, that's, that's what's kind of cool about these events. Cause like, it's just this huge thing. Like, yeah. so even if you scrub out, you still can go do other fun stuff. So like, there's a lot of stuff. Basically, these are really great events to be attending. And so the thing that we were actually asked about is metagames, what to play, that sort of thing. Oh, right. Sure. Um, so I really I'm, I'm not kidding. I think a really good way to attack this metagame is just playing with Inquisitions and Spark Mages. Like I don't know if you play them both or you play one or the other. Or you play something that showcases one or the other. Like, but both of those cards just seem like they really are good to yeah. to dealing with this metagame. Yeah, like, absolutely. We were, we were talking to dinner and people kind of thought I was joking, but I'm not no, joking. Like the things that I feel like are really good in this metagame right now are things like Garrick's Companion. It's like a three-two trampler. Like it's just gonna fight through a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, it's awkward because he's green, and that, that's the one awkward thing about yeah. it. But he's that's a, a very aggressive clock from Jump Street. Um, Not a lot of stuff like, has two on the front end right now. Right. However, it, you know, like like I was saying, <clears throat> like he's gonna punch through for a good amount of damage before they equip a a, a sword to something. Right. Um, also, things like Surcorp Marauder, like dude's just unblockable. It's a two-one creature, and like, and, you know, like these cards that I'm saying, like everyone like laughs at me whenever I say card choices, and then they laugh until like two weeks later. Like, I mean, maybe these cards aren't it, but right. like these are like just things that like you need to think about, like like things that attack a metagame. It's like Chicago is so good because it interacts in different levels. It has an aggressive draw and it has the chump block draws, and like when you take out of the equation one of their game plans. Like, you're forcing them to play their other game plan, which, regardless of whether or not you can do it adequately, 
like you are you're still forcing their hand to some extent. And whenever you can force their hand, it, it makes your gameplay much easier. Yeah. Like, cause you know that they are going to be playing one game plan because yeah. you are forcing them into that corner. Absolutely. So if you're just pushing, putting pressure on them to play one game plan, like regardless of whether or not you have the best way of doing it, like it's still controlling their game. It's just a game plan game. that is less Im- uh, impactful on your deck. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, so like, actually I, I don't feel like it's impossible. The mana fixing for a black, white, red deck is there. Right. Also, those are my three favorite color. That's my favorite color combination. I, uh, I think Stoneforge Mystic is definitely goes in that deck. You can play your own swords and whatever. Right. And you just have the three best cards in the format out of all those decks: right. Stoneforge, Cunning Spark Mage, and Inquisition. That's, that seems strong. Doesn't that just feel strong when you say it out loud? And then... Uh, Remember when we know. brewed this deck? Yeah. <laughs> we just decided that the color color um, commitments were just awful. Yeah, that was bad. That was a Wall of Omens thing, though. It was Wall of Omens into... It was turn one Inquisition, turn two a, Wall of Omens, turn three Blightning. blightning. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. But, uh, I, mean, I mean, that being said, like, just, just brew on cards like that. Like, cards that people don't really, like, think are any good. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know are good just by looking at them. Like, there's just... There's something two cards like that, and like if you build around them, and you know that these cards are going to be good against like the metagame, like just just brew and yeah. try and do something with it. Definitely. Um, that being said, I think Gideon's just nuts. You should play Gideon in any Gideon's deck. Gideon's insane. You should just play Gideon in every deck. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, dropping knowledge, motherfuckers. Yeah, don't play Suffer the Pass right now. Please, because there are no Venge Vines. <laughs> no, don't. There's no Venge Vines. So there's no Hell's Thunder. <laughs> so Suffer the Pass is not good right no, now. Not good. Nope. Um, so. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about before we close up shop? Or? Well, there's this beer that GCL has not finished. Oh, goodness. Is it that good or that bad, or is he just it's, opening uh, it? It's chilling. I'm, I'm almost all the way through it. It's a cute, cute hog. There is. It's an adorable little warthog sitting on here. I'm talking about the Lancaster Brewing Company's Hot Hog Indian <laughs> Pale Ale. Uh... That's, it's wait. an adorable little warthog. Look Two at him. In a, in a row. I know, right? Uh, what are you doing to me, adorable? Chris You see those red eyes? The thing's going to kill me in my sleep. In an adorable way. He's in an adorable he's an ad- way. Like, you he's going to a- gore you with a s- <laughs> adorable little smile on his face. He looks like an Aura Gnarlid. If I had to, if I had to like say his magic card, it's like Aura yeah. Gnarlid beer. Hop Hog uh, is brewed without any preservatives. So it's been sitting in my fridge for about mm, four weeks. You know. <laughs> That's that's how that's the best way to do Alcohol it. Alcohol in and of itself is a preservative, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they went out of their way to say that they didn't use any, okay. so I'm assuming that I probably should have tried to drink fresh. Uh, yeah, it's it tastes fine. Uh, I'm kind of confused. There's this really tiny man, like peeking out of the bottom of the label. He's like he's doing the Ziggy over the wall. <laughs> And he's just taking a look at, at everybody, and nice. he's, like he's just like he's a hidden man. He's a little creeper going on. And do you still know about creepers? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of creepers around this is my old, neighborhood. Old dude with jowls. Yeah, man. Weird. He's uh he's watching the hot hog do his business. So I don't know. <coughs> this beer was fine. It tasted like you. I had an India Pale Ale last week that was so bad it didn't get a number associated with it. Literally got a scratch. Uh, <laughs> this one is just fine. Tastes like a beer. Yeah. It's not a beer I would, you know, go out and describe the purchase. Flavors. I don't know how to describe the flavor. Indian pale ale. It tastes Indian like a, it tastes like a beer. Fair it tastes like a beer. Once I find the one magical beer I really like, I'll go all crazy about right. about how it tastes. Uh, I think it's in the meantime, I think just not a beer drinker. Yeah, no, I am a beer yeah, drinker. And, and I, you drink beer. Yeah, but like PBRs. <laughs> I'm not a connoisseur of beer. I'm trying to be a connoisseur of that's beer, what right? I'm saying. Like you're just like once I find a beer, I really like. I don't think that exists. I think I'd just rather just be drinking whiskey or something. Yeah, no, I know. I know what I. I know what I like, and this didn't have it. However, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one uh, a roll in the hops. Like this little this like can you imagine this little warthog like doing one a little, little creeper do, dude he, out of two? He's doing he's doing a little he's doing a little back rub like all over the hops like. In like a like in a pig pen. All I keep thinking about like. is is in the the book. It gets one good roll in the hay. I was I was thinking I keep thinking about the the book Silence of the Lambs where they all die and well they don't really die but there's all these fucking boars and they're ripping the pieces and shit and like how I was thinking how many boars kill you out of ten but <laughs> rather morbid. It's all okay. <laughs> awesome. That, that is a horror that lurks within Burroughs. <laughs> He Sorry. often 
wonders how many warthogs it'll take to kill someone. I don't want to. I don't want to get gored to death by the hop hog. It's like a, what was that? What was that? Uh, was it Snatch? Mm. That he fed things to the pigs. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't remember. No, they did that on Deadwood. No, I'm pretty sure it was Snatch. Okay, could have been. Doesn't matter. One of those Guy Ritchie movies with people who speak in in unintelligible words. Unintelligible English apparently. <laughs> I have to I have to turn on the like, captions the for this English talking? language like, what movie. What are they speaking? Like oh, they're speaking English. Like the fuck that's English. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't yeah. understand a lick of what came out of his mouth. Yep. But uh that's going to do it for Scrubland yeah. podcast. Yeah. But uh it's been a good week. We're we're updating the uh, Facebook page a lot more now. So uh if you guys want to find us on on uh Facebook, it's Scrubland podcast. Feel I'm surprised free. that I'm surprised that uh, while you were live updating, I only got two quotes of of terrible things I said to people at yes. that event. Well, you, you I were, think there were probably more. You were shutting up the more you were losing. That's true. <laughs> I lo- I lost a couple games and got upset about it, but I mean, when I'm in a good mood, I'll I'll tear into anybody. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all in good fun. Um, that's just a glimpse of the things See, you can get when you go and friend us in, on the Facebook page. Other people chimed in with their favorites. Oh, oh, like oh, like previous previous yeah. level things I had said to them yeah. at events. <laughs> That's like retweeting me live. Don't yeah. be a prick. I mean, <laughs> what if I don't know if Diesel said that. I, I mean, I I've, that me. I've heard that <laughs> said a lot. Gotcha. It doesn't matter. Uh, also, you'd email us, guys. Scrublandpodcast at gmail is where you'll find us and. We're still taking your deck lists. Chris Casby is still writing epic paragraphs long responses of what what you should do with your bizarre what was this most recent one? Uh someone the wanted blue to black no, someone lich. wanted to build around phylactery lich and basically I I can't just tell him like what card to play because it's good. Like I had to go through like okay, what do you want to do on turn 1? What do you want to do on turn yeah. 2? What do you want to do on turn 3? And basically we just, you know, the deck list I sent him was like, on turn three, you want to make Flackery Lich, so that means you have to play something that's an artifact to turn one or two. Right. And the best thing you can do on turn one with a black card is Inquisition. They are ju- like these, just... These are epic, century-long posts. <laughs> this, thing, this thing was intense, this last one. So. I, can't, I can't understand how... How you how you do it? How you find the time and, and the patience to sleep. build Galactory Lich decks? I don't really sleep that much. You know the man doesn't sleep, right? So. <laughs> like Cat- Tyler Durden. <laughs> All right. So email scrublandpodcast at gmail.com with your terrible deck list, and Christopher Casby, the robot, yep. will like we're just gonna plug the numbers in from your deck list, <laughs> and he's gonna spit out an algorithm. Yep. That uh, have you guys seen when people go? I, I think there's a website that generates these. It generates like a wall of text. Of like sentences that you can then post in people's forums. So like yeah. basically you just troll them by posting a giant response thread <laughs> of of like and in like a lot of it doesn't make any sense at all. But you just like type in a bunch of buzzwords that you want to get into the into the post, yeah. and then it like inserts them all and makes them into sentences. And wow, it, it, yeah, that's awesome. You have to actually. I'll, you know. I'll, I'll find it for you. It's yes. pretty intense. I will say I think it's kind of funny that at the Saturday event uh, there were three people there that had. You know how there's a spot on your your registration sheet for deck designer? Apparently, there are three people there that had Casby as deck designer for this. Yep, and they were all cool. awful. None of them did well. <laughs> it was cool, man. I think Chris but Burrows think credited funny. his to your mom. I did. So <laughs> that was Casby's that was mom, good. or just no, your no, mom? It's, it said your mom. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. It was also named Valacute. So C U T E. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. That's going to catch on, I'm sure. <laughs> Val Kitty. Val Kitty. I mean, I named my I named my fairy stick Barrel Roll one week, just because like <laughs> when I when I played Cargo with Red, I called it Bird Shit. Yeah. I mean, like your deck name doesn't matter, guys. People are just going to keep calling it Rug. I'm sorry. Unless it's Avalanche Riders. Oh no, Blink Riders. The Blink Riders. Blink Riders. God damn it. That's sliders. That's the that's the signal. I see the scrubland signal in the clouds. We got to get out of here. Yep. That's that's the signal that says we need oh, to go. Oh, real quick, want to give shout outs to Jody Keith. Oh, oh hey, yeah. jo- hey, Jody Keith, I saw that sweet uh, forearm tattoo of yours <laughs> in the player profiles again. Keep rocking that forearm there tattoo, is, man. Oh, and also uh, Edgar Flores. Ed- Edgar Flores. That guy is everywhere now. Yep. Is he gonna keep? Not really up? shout outs, just like props, I guess. Yeah, props. All right, man. Um, yeah, the kid's like what? Just top eighty every event? That's ridiculous. You got He's, name dropped by Jerry T. That's when you know you're big. You got name back by 
Scrubland podcast. Oh, that's how you know you're shit. big. <laughs> that's how you know you suck. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't played the worst deck of the week yet, so Uh-oh. I mean, oh, that that's that's a bonus. No, oh. ran out of time once again. It's gonna right. be. We it's haven't gonna had be... that worst deck of the week in a couple weeks. Next week we'll be back. I mean, it'll be something. There has been some awful shit I've seen. (laughs) It's been pretty bad. I will tell you what. Thanks, guys. See ya. Sons. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, Spirit of the Sun makes any color, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're probably with Jace, Tezzeret, uh, Gideon, and Lightning. What the? Do you have Yeah. I think you always have a second. Oh, second. Is there a light?